in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in an open country to go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friend and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I think that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we open up your word today and study your word, may you just speak life into all of us. Lord, I pray as I do every single time, whether it's vocalized or not, that you just speak through me and that I take a back seat and let you have the spotlight, let you have this moment to speak through me, to speak into the hearts of your people. For it's in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever gotten lost somewhere? Don't like you ever got lost? All right, so I, I've told you this about myself before, but in case you're new or you haven't heard this story, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give up my man card of being able to drive, and, and just at my expense and your benefit, embarrass myself. Is that okay? I heard some really loud yeses from this section. So, I, I heavily rely on my GPS to get places. Uh, it's just a matter of fact. It doesn't really matter. Like, if I've been there, if I've driven there a few times, it usually takes about five or six times of me driving there with the GPS that I can navigate in my head. So, any stake place within a 40-mile radius, I can get there. Right? But uh, if it's anywhere else that I've not been or I'm not familiar with, I have to have a GPS in front of me. Now, you can ask. Uh, my wife Chloe, she will tell you I have to have a GPS on and I have to have it in front of me. I can't have someone else navigate for me. I have to see the map that the GPS has taken me on. And it's a weakness in my character, but it's completely true and I'm not ashamed of it. Okay, I'm a little ashamed, but I'm not completely ashamed, right? We all have weaknesses. Mine happens to be that I'm directionally challenged, okay? But since you guys didn't laugh, I don't think you guys know the extent of this problem that I have. You do? Oh, you're about to be open. Your eyes are about to be opened to how bad this problem really is because I kid you not, this is no joke. This is no lie. I kid you not, I had to use my GPS to get somewhere this week to meet up with someone for lunch, uh, another pastor. I had to have the GPS to get to OT's Cafe in Dixon. <laughs> That's not the worst part. I know how to get to Dixon. I stopped at the courthouse to type in my GPS, where is OT's Cafe? Now, I, I know, I've been here for two years. I've never eaten there before. Right, I, this pastor invited me to come there, and I'm like, okay, I know where that's at, right? I've, I've been in Dixon hundreds of times. 
I've driven right past OT's cafe. If I would have known that all I had to do was just drive another mile, I wouldn't have used the GPS. But I didn't know because I'm directionally challenged. Right? So this is a problem of me. I'm in constant need of direction. You so there's no hope for me. But let me give you some hope today. We're starting this three-part series in Luke chapter 15 this Sunday and the next two Sundays. We're going to be looking through the entire chapter and how Luke writes this chapter is he splits it up into three sections, uh, each one getting slightly larger, and then the, the last one is much larger than the other ones with the parables of Jesus about the lost and the found. And this first one that he brings up that he writes about is the story of a shepherd and his sheep. Now, this shepherd has a hundred sheep, and one of them wanders away and gets lost. And when the shepherd comes and he counts all of his sheep, he only counts 99 and so in that moment, he realizes that one of them has wandered off. When he finds, he goes and he searches to find the lost sheep. You'll see scripture says he leaves the 99 to go and find the one. And, and when he finds this lost sheep, he tells all of his neighbors, he tells his whole neighborhood, he's like, I found my sheep. They throw a party and they celebrate the return of the lost sheep. And it's a short, sweet, and to the point story. But I had this question pop into my head when I was reading and studying and figuring out where God wanted to take us today. Why do sheep wander in the first place? Why, why do they wander off? And some of you might be thinking, well, because they're not smart animals. Well, actually they are. Scientifically, they, they've done studies and research and what they found is that sheep can actually be trained like dogs to where they're very intelligent animals despite the common misconception. And so hearing that, I was like, well, it seems like if there's actually a good shepherd in charge of the sheep, they, as the sheep, would want to stay with the shepherd. They, they would want to follow the shepherd around if it was truly a good shepherd because when you look at the biblical sense of what a shepherd was, provided food, water, shelter, protection, you name it, the shepherd was providing for the sheep. Right? If you look at stories in the Bible of a shepherd, there's this little shepherd boy that some of you may know that defeated Goliath, and his name's Goliath, or his name's not Goliath, it's David. Right? What if, if you remember, he fought off lions to make sure that his sheep were protected. And so any good shepherd provides that level of protection. And I'm like, if, if a shepherd, if I, if I was the sheep in David's flock, I wouldn't want to leave. If I saw him just manhandle a lion at 14 years old and I was in the sheep and I was in the flock, I'd be like, well, if he's going to risk his life for me, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to wander away. But we find that sheep wander a lot. And so I did some research. It's like, why do they tend to wander away from their flock? Well, one, there's a lot of reasons. I'm only going to give you four for the sake of time. You can thank me later. Sheep are naturally fearful and they run away as a defense mechanism. So sheep are prey. Uh, they have a lot of different predators. You can look at lists. It's a pretty long list of predators that are after sheep. But unlike other prey, they don't really have a defense mechanism. So like when you think of porcupines, they have the spikes that they can... Either if you bite into it, it's not going to feel that good and you're going to let go, or they can shoot the, the spikes at you. 
another familiar one around here is skunks. Their defense mechanism is smelling so bad that it deters all of the predators away. Sheep don't have that. Now, they might stink, but they don't have that level of stink, right? And so their only real defense mechanism is to run away. And they're not that fast either. But they, that's, their, that's their best chance of survival is just to run away when danger comes. And so when they're spooked, when they're frightened, when they sense danger, like they have really good senses, when they sense danger, they run away because that's what they know best. That's all they know to survive. Now, another possible reason that sheep wander is out of curiosity. If they're running around with the flock and they see something out of the corner of their eye and their peripheral vision, which, uh, by the way, is incredible because since their eyes are located on the sides of their head, they can see what's behind them and they can see what's on the outside. They can see basically everywhere, but it's really hard for them to see what's in front. And so if they're, they're following uh, other sheep, if they're following their shepherd and they see something shiny over here, or maybe something shiny behind them. Out of curiosity, they might tend to wander away so that they can uh, investigate and discover what this might be. It intrigues them. And if they're curious about something, since they can't see directly in front of them, they have to get very close to understand and know what it actually is. Like it, they, It's not like us, where our, our eyes are in front of our heads, so we can see ahead we can see somewhat on the side, but we can't see behind us. But even with us, we're naturally curious people. And so when we see something shiny, we want to go and see what it is, right? We want to investigate. But these sheep, they have to go right up to it to actually process what the image is. And so when they do that, they wander away from the flock. And by the time that they turn around, the flock might be gone. And they get lost. In a similar way, Sheep will do the same thing to find food. If they're hungry and their shepherd hasn't fed them, then they might go based on smell or their other senses that they have to go and find food. And once they find food, they get lost. Another reason is sheep may wander by following other sheep. So sometimes what will happen is one sheep in the middle of the, in the back will get spooked and if they start running off, all of the sheep behind them have this natural tendency because they are natural followers to follow whatever sheep is in front of them. And so there can be a, a split in the flock or even just a few that stray away because they're just following the other sheep. They're just following the other ones that are in front of them. And, and when I was... Reading those, and I was reading others, I was like, wow, did Jesus know what he was doing when he described us as his sheep? Did he not know what he was doing when he used this analogy, used this parable, when he said that he was the good shepherd and that my sheep will know my voice, describing us as his sheep? Because no matter how good we know our shepherd is as Christ, we still tend to wander off. When God leads us into uncomfortable and sometimes dangerous situations, which he does, and if you don't think that he does, I'm about to show you what happens. But what do we do when we're led into uncomfortable and dangerous situations? We run away. We, we want to retreat back. We want to go somewhere else. We want to 
And, and really what we're doing is we're abandoning the ultimate comforter to run and find something to comfort us. When Jesus leads us out of our comfort zone, we tend to run away from where he's leading us to go. And I know this because one, Psalm 23 says he will lead us through the dark valleys, meaning he's leading us into the dark valley, through the dark valley, and out of the dark valley. But it doesn't mean that we'll never face any dark valleys when we're following him. Moses, here, here's just a few examples. Moses was led to lead the people out of Egypt. That was a very dangerous task for Moses because Egypt was the largest country in the world, likely at that time. Joshua was led to lead multiple battles to take the land that God had promised. There was a lot of danger in all of the conquests and military conqu conquests that happened taking over the promised land that God had given them. David, as mentioned earlier, was being led to face Goliath, as well as other things in his life, but he was led to face Goliath with just a few stones and a sling. Right? Talk about uncomfortable and dangerous. We have someone who's standing around nine feet tall, standing in front of you, and you've just got a few stones and a sling. Uh, unarmored, right? dangerous and uncomfortable. And then look at Jonah. He was being led into a dangerous situation in Nineveh where Nineveh was the place that if you went and you preached the gospel of, of God, because they didn't have Jesus back then, but if you preached about God, they, could, they would kill you. you. You would die because of sharing your devotion to the Lord. And so Jonah saw this and he ran away too. And what, what you find throughout Scripture, what you find throughout the Old Testament, is the Israelites will see the will of the Lord. They'll see the promised land. They'll see redemption from Egypt. They'll see all of these things. They jump right in, but once they sense danger, once they sense uncomfort, they stray away. They retreat back to where the Israelites, when they were uncomfortable in the desert, they went looking for food. After, they had, after God had delivered them from Egypt, they were looking for food. And when they reached the promised land, they were frightened at the battle that was coming, so they ran which led them to wander in the desert for 40 years, which in our language is for an entire generation. That entire generation didn't get to see the promised land because they wandered away from where God was leading them. And then after the Israelites, this new generation of Israelites was settled into the promised land, they became curious about the idols and the other gods that other uh, places were worshiping, and so they began to worship them themselves. When the Israelites faced the Philistine army, they all shook in their armor as they let a 14-year-old boy stand in their way uh, to decide their fate. That's how scared they were. They're like, fine, you know, our fate is in your hands. I mean, what kind of a fear is that? And we're just like them. We follow God so willingly until he challenges our comfort and safety. And then we begin to be, I don't know if I really want to follow. We follow God willingly until we don't like where we're being led. We follow God until we want more than what he's giving us, so we begin searching for more. We follow God until something else looks more appealing to our eyes. And we proudly say that we will follow Christ to the ends of the earth, but if we're all honest with ourselves, we desire to stay in our own sheep pen. 
Meaning that if we are completely honest with ourselves, if I'm completely honest with myself that I've been all week, if you're honest with yourself, following Christ would sound more like this. I'll follow Christ wherever he takes me as long as I don't have to go far from home. I'll follow Christ wherever he takes me, wherever he wants to lead me, as long as I'm still comfortable. As long as I can still have it the way that I desire. You know, Lord, we, we often pray this, Lord, may your will be done, but in the back of our minds, are we not sometimes thinking, as long as it's within my plan and my will and my control. Lord, you can have your will as long as, as, long as I'm okay with your will. And if you want to see what happens when the sheep want to lead the shepherd, if you want to see what happens when the people of God want to put God in a box and try to control him so that they may become the, their own God of their own life, read the book of Judges and see how it turned out for the people of Israel. Death, destruction, pain, misery, evil. See, going your own way will always leave you lost. Yet sometimes I wonder in my life, and as I look at our world today, I wonder, have we lost sight of Christ because we've wandered too far to even see him? Are we so caught up in, in, in what we think Christ is and what we've put Christ in this little box that we've forgotten how big and how great he truly is? Have we limited who Christ was in our own lives? Are we stuck on our bright ideas? Are we set in our own ways of how things have been? Are we focused on the blessings of our past and instead of looking to the future? Are we so caught up in the pleasures of the world that we've forgotten to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow him, to follow the one who will always protect us, who will always love us, who will who is the Savior of the world, who is, was, was, is, and always will be. Are we still following the one who died in our place on the cross over 2,000 years ago so that we could live here in 2022 free? Are we still following Christ into the unknown, dangerous, and uncomfortable future with the faith that God will still take care of us? I wonder that in my own life, and I, uh, I often ask myself, am I following Christ or am I following myself? Am I, am I following my own desires and my own plans and my own ambitions and my own dreams and my own goals, or am I giving it all to God and saying, Lord, I will just follow you every day of my life since I've been here, I've done that. And when I, when I read that sheep have a hard time seeing what's in front of them until they get very, very close to what is in front of them. And that they have this strong desire to be led because of they struggle what's focusing on in front of them. They struggle on where they are going. And that's why if you try to follow a sheep, you'll, you'll see them just do this curved pattern and they'll go in circles because they can't see in front of them. And I think that's a picture of us. It's hard to follow when you don't know the end result. It's hard to follow when you can't see what's ahead of you. 
And that's exactly how we are as people. We know what's behind us. We know our past. We know our past struggles. We know our past blessings. We know everything that's happened in all of the history of our lives. In fact, in schools, we teach about everything that's happened in the past to lead us to where we are, which is the second place that we always can see is where we are right now. But man, the future is so blurry to us. Now, we have plans. We, we think we know where we're going. We have these things in place to get to where we're going. And, and sometimes God is gracious to us when he doesn't have to be. And he tells us, he, he gives us vision. He, he lets us know that if you keep following him, this is where you'll be in a few years. But oftentimes, God won't show you the steps to get to that place until it's right in front of you. And when I was thinking about that, I'm the same way. I know what's happened in the past. I've read the history books. I know, or the majority. I mean, I can't just spit it off, but I, I, you know, you get the idea. I know what's happened in my past. I know where I'm at right now. And I have an idea because God's given me some vision of where I might be if I continue to follow him. But I don't know what's going to happen between now and then. And so my vision is blurred. But thank God we serve God who can see. He does know the steps. He does know each and every step that's needed. He knows every dark valley. He knows every mountaintop. He knows every turn. He, he's just like a GPS. Like I, I, I need the GPS to tell me what exit to take. And when I've ignored what exit I'm supposed to take, it always leaves me with more trouble. It honestly does. You can ask Chloe about our past trip to Panama City Beach. I ignored the GPS so many times, and it always left us more lost than found, right? But, but it's exactly that same way. We have to desire that direction from the Lord. That, that as hopeless as we are, like I'm hopeless to find my way around Dixon. And as funny as that is, that's how hopeless we are as people. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what is ahead of us. We can only see what's behind. And if we go our own way, we will only trust what's been behind and what is right now. But we will never have the vision that God has to where he can see everything that's ahead of you. See, I'm in constant need of direction from the Lord. Or I will wander away. A few weeks ago, we, we went through the book of Revelation. And one of the things that, that really stuck out to me in that whole series was how I'm not bent towards holiness. That if I just sit and I watch the world go by, I will not get closer to God. Instead, inside of my heart and my soul, because I am a child of the flesh as well as a child of God, I am more bent towards going to my own desires, my own passions, and running farther and farther away from God. You see, holiness is a fight, but so is being close to God so that you can still see him. And because I know how hopeless I am, it makes me so much more grateful that I serve a God who comes running after me every single time that I wander away. 
who seeks me and searches me for when I do go astray, when I do walk away, when I do try to pursue my own dreams and my passions and my desires, I'm grateful that a God comes in and, and finds me and says, no, you, you don't know what's ahead of that path. You need to come and follow me because I have the better path. I have the path that's going to make you strong. I'm the, I have the path that's going to grow you in your faith in me. It's going to grow your trust in me. You're going to see that I'm going to fight all of your battles. And, and as you're in the dark valleys, as you're in all of these different situations and circumstances, you're, you're not going to know where it's going to end up. But I do. And you're going to have comfort knowing that I'm leading you, not to your destruction, but to life abundantly. See, I thank God that he leaves the 99 when I go astray. I thank God that he left the 99 back in August of 2004 to call me home and to follow him when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I thank God that he left the 99 when I was running away from my calling to be a pastor for two years. And he came running after me when I was 15 years old and said, no, you don't know the path that you're going on. You need to come back and do what I've called you to. I thank God that he continues day after day reminding me to pursue him, to draw closer and closer to him so that I know where he is. Listen, I think someone needs to hear this today. I know I do. The real reason I believe you and I wander away from God is because we focus more on where we're going than who we're following. Just like sheep, we can't see as far as Christ came. If we consume our life trying to figure out where he's taking us, we will eventually wander away because we'll have promises and we'll get curious and we'll try to make our own path, our own destiny, or make, fulfill our own dreams. You see that in the world, it's advertised all over the place. Make your own life. I'm here to tell you, your life isn't yours. It was given graciously to you by God. And whether you think it was a gracious gift or not, it was given graciously to you by God. And all he does is ask you to follow and to stay close to him. And I know the struggle to stay close to the Father. I know the struggle to, to stay on the right path and, and not to wander away. But I want to tell you today, just focus on him. And how do you do that? You draw so close to him that he is all that you see. See, it's where you come to a place and you're like, Lord, I don't know where you're taking me, but I trust you. Lord, I don't know where we're going, but my eyes are on you. And when we take our eyes off of Christ, when we get afraid, when we get curious, when we want more, when we get caught up in the shuffle of life and things just get busy, whatever it may be, I also know in the back of my mind that my father is pursuing me. That he's leaving the 99 to come straight to me. You know why I desire... You know why I desire to follow God so closely? I don't always do a great job at it, and I know that you don't either, and you, you feel that struggle, you know what it's like. It's because when I 
try to figure out what's ahead. I often find that I don't want to go there. And I think sometimes God gives us vision of where we're supposed to go, but he doesn't tell us the battles that we're going to face. Because if he did, we wouldn't do it. And this is the danger of following where we are going. Following what might come. What might come if we go into this dark valley? What might come if we do this thing in our life? What might come if we make this investment? What might come of this and that? But if you draw so close to him that he's all that you see. Where you can't even see what's ahead of him. Just like he took a step. And I want to take that step. Oh, he's, he's exiting, exiting right. I'm going to take that exit. Because when I get caught up, maybe you're different, maybe you're more spiritual, but when I get caught up on the steps that it might take to get to where we're going, I either find that I don't want to go there, that I mess it up on the way because I was prepared for something that never was supposed to happen, or I look and I see my eyes are so focused on what's ahead of me instead of focused on Christ. And church, I don't want to be the person, and I think that you would share this desire too, sitting in the room, we don't want to be the people that get so focused on what's ahead of Christ that we forget to, to just see him. And so for these next few moments as we finish up and we sing what a beautiful name, I want you to know that if you're wandering away, Christ is pursuing you. And so make it easier for him to find you. Be willing and open. Say, right now in this moment as we're about to sing, just say, Lord, I'm available. Lord, I'm thankful that you're leaving the 99 right now in this moment to come to me and say, I've got you. You see, when we're, when we're focused on the future, we worry about the future. When we're focused on him, we don't care where we're going because we know that he's there. When we focus on the future... We wonder if Christ is even there, but if we're focused on Christ, we always know that he's there. And so in this next song, in this next moment, as we reflect on uh, everything that you've heard and what God's spoken to you, I just ask that you come back to him if you've wandered away. And if you are right in the place that you need to be and you're focused on Christ, I would encourage you to just... Uh, with all of your being, rejoice as heaven rejoices that some of the lost people in this room are going to be found. Heavenly Father, we come to you today as wayward sheep. Lord, sometimes it's hard for us to follow you because we want to know where we're going. Like little kids, are we there yet? How much longer, Lord? But Lord, help us draw so close to you that we don't care about the, the journey as much as we care about that we're just with you on this journey. 
that, Lord, as you reveal to us the destination of, of each checkpoint of our life, that through it all we say, I don't know what battles I'm going to face to get there, and I would love to get there, Lord, and I'm just going to focus on you. Lord, help us draw close to you first. Help us focus on you more than where you're taking us. As individuals, as a church family, help us to focus more on what you're telling us right now. And as we stray away from you at times, from here on out, we thank you so much that you love us an infinite amount to leave the 99 to come find us. It's in Jesus' name.